0: I'd actually think England to top the group, um, and then I think it's going to be
3: between Italy and Uruguay. I think it all, all will be down to Suarez. If Suarez is fit, then I think you know Uruguay would be a tougher proposition, and, and I think they might get that second spot. But I think Italy. The good thing about this side is there's a lot of different options in terms of formations
2: that have been tried out in friendlies recently. So I'm going to go with England, Italy, um, and my wild card. I'm going to pick the USA. Uh, I mean, I just think that they've
0: got a shock in them. For all our contact information, and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact.
2: Hello, and welcome to Homestar Radio. Oh, am I actually speaking? Are you actually recording? You didn't actually tell me anything, so I've just suddenly realised. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll probably have to do that again then, won't we? I thought there'd be backing, and then the backing went away, and then oh fuck! You. <laughs> I can't hear it. You didn't. You think this, is, this is fucking communication again. Let's start. Let's start whole radio. How we Patrick, mean to carry are, you, on.
4: Patrick are you in the chat? Uh, one minute, I will hold on. Uh, okay, yeah, part sorry. of
2: the fun. No, that's that's fine, Mike. But we need to talk about it before the show starts. So then that way I know <laughs> what's going on, rather than just having to wait and just wait and see what happens. I wasn't expecting that intro, I wasn't expecting anything at all.
4: Since we got into Premiership, we're really up to our game, haven't we? <laughs> we
2: are. <laughs> we're not using this intro. No chance.
5: <laughs> hey, We are. I know no, 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 Mikey. No. Mikey will use it, if, even if we say we're not,
2: <laughs> we are. This is this is a war of attrition. I'm going to keep this going on without carrying the show on for as long. Love's as can
5: got try. the world in motion, and <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> we singing for another team that's not England. I've, I've got an Italian top on. I'm fucking taking this off as well.
2: Yeah, you really do need to, mate. I tell you what. I mean, oh, just I mean, this, this, now you've done. Um, now you've done that that little world in motion bit. I think we've got to use this. Yeah, uh, totally. Isn't it? I mean, no. Keep it. Going. Hopefully, we have got the, the thing on a loop. Have you done the? You haven't done the John Barnes rap though. You've got to hold and give, but do it That's the at right the right time. time. Get slow or fast, but you must get to the line. They'll always hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. There's only one way to beat them: get round the back, catch you. Ah, bollocks! I love catch your you. accent on that. What, was that what, American or no, was that John Barnes? No, it's, it's John Barnes doing a rap voice. Oh, I preferred TV. the, um, yeah, the, the Keith TV. Allen version yeah. of
5: the rap. You remember what that? Keith, Keith, there's a Keith Allen version on the CD single of the rap.
2: Mm, all right. Anyway, uh, enough about that. Let's do the actual intro, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoyed that. So, hello. Welcome to Homestone Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and I'm your host for, the, for our second podcast of the World Cup. In this episode, we round up all the group action so far group action sounds a bit sin- anyway um, <laughs> we, we then take a specific look at the disaster that is England and talk about what exactly has gone on and uh, we'll also take the time to look at all the goings on at Palace so far in this closed season with me today are Joe Holyoke
4: I've got the only set of car keys you don't want a friend to throw into a pot <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: that is different to the agreed comment you were supposed to make just now Patrick hello. O'Connor <laughs> hello hello, He'd got that hello. Right. and Nick Gillard Gooden tag. Yeah, quite. Um, Anyway, so before we go any further, first up, here's a little summary of Groups A to D. Group A. Brazil opened the tournament amidst an air of excitement and anticipation with a 3-1 victory against Croatia. The Croatians had taken the lead and threatened to spoil the party as Marcelo's bouffant hairstyle distracted him as a cross came in. And he blundered the ball home into his own net in a Titus Bramblesque style. Neymar then announced himself to the watching masses by firing in a well-placed, if tame shot, and Pleticosa decided to begin the trend of poor goalkeeping that seems to be a feature of the tournament. Fred then managed to fall over in the penalty area, his only meaningful contribution, and Neymar dispatched the penalty to give the Brazilians the lead. Oscar's late goal gave him an air of comfort, which also set another theme of the tournament so far, the underdog playing well but being punished. Elsewhere in Group A, Mexico produced a good display against an ordinary-looking Cameroon side, scoring 3 but due to the incompetence of the referees, which is another theme, only one was allowed to count. The second set of Group A game, saw Brazil and Mexico decide that the tournament had been quite entertaining enough and that what was actually required was 90 minutes when nothing happened. Nothing at all. However, a fired-up Croatia left Cameroon pining for the glory days of Roger Miller and uh, uh, some other good players that they had by smashing them for four. The highlight of the game was undoubtedly Alex Song, who apparently did sign for Barcelona a while back, yet has been missing, presumed rubbish, for a fair while ever since. He decided that Mario Mandzukic brushing against him warranted the most protracted and blatant elbow to the back scene since Duncan Ferguson used to play out his emotional disorders in full view of a paying public. Mandzukic got a couple of the goals in the 4-0 win and looks another one to watch closely as the tournament progresses. Group A will conclude with Brazil playing Cameroon and in what is likely to, to decide at second place, Mexico playing Croatia. Group B Group B is providing huge entertainment, not least from the capitulation of Spain, but from the emergence of Chile as a genuine threat to the favourites for the tournament. The opening match saw an Ica Casillas-inspired Netherlands smash at Holders Spain 5-1, and it really could have been more. Robin van Persie scored the goal of the game with a great diving header, but it was the increasingly bewildered faces of the Spanish team left, that left a lasting memory. If you can remember how Liverpool fans looked as white girls sl- slotted home for the 3-3 at Sellers Park a short while ago, you'll be somewhere close. Chile saw off Miley Yednak's Australia team, but the Aussies can feel very hard done by to lose it 3-1. For Spells, they looked a very good young team. Unfortunately for them, and in particular the curiously nicknamed Silent Assassin, Miley Yednak, where the hell has we ever called him, called him that, Mr Commentator? It was a similar story against the Netherlands, as in spite of leading 2-1 for a stunning Cahill volley and a glorious Jednak penalty, they conspired to slip out of the tournament with a 3-2 defeat. Chilly saw off a traumatised Spain in 2-0 in a game that many dubbed the death of Tiki Taka. Aside from that sounding like a disturbing new book in the Pepper Pig, uh, Pig series, it is surely a point of consideration as the Spain model is so revered across the footballing world. Still to come, the Aussies get a chance to further embarrass the Spanish and we get to see if Chile can continue to impress as they take on the rampant Dutch. Group C. In Group C, it's fair to say we've seen a selection of teams who are happy to be in this group. Colombia sit atop despite missing the mercurial Falcao, yet we haven't really learnt too much about whether that makes them a good side since they've only had to play against a terrible, ponderous Greek side and an Ivory Coast team who lacked the cohesion to get anything like the best from an array of talent, winning 3-0 against the former and 2-1 against the latter. With Japan to go, they will fancy a 100% record. Japan have disappointed. Their performance against the Ivory Coast showed promise, but they failed to create enough meaningful meaningful chances, with their goal coming from a superb strike early that promised very much. Mm. <laughs> Their failure to score against Greece certainly points them towards the exit door unless they can beat the leaders and see the Greeks do them a huge favour against Cote d'Ivoire. (laughs) Group D. Obviously, we'll talk about the events of Group D in some detail in this show. But it was never going to be easy for England. Optimism has been replaced by a sense of realism. The opening group game saw a big shock. An energetic and talented second half from Costa Rica simply blew away a sluggish and disjointed Uruguay. Without the talismanic Suarez, they looked to be going through the paces. And in Joel Campbell, Costa Rica had a player causing real trouble. A goal and an assist from the Arsenal man set them on their way to a 3-1 win. England's opener against Italy was a decent game. England created chances and showed plenty of attacking intent. The Italians controlled the ball for large spells of the game, but were threatened only occasionally. An early Sterling strike fooled most of the civilized world into thinking it was one 0 England. However, it was side netting only. In a relatively even first half, the Italians, ugh, the Italians, the Italians struck first with uh, Marquizzio drilling home a long-range effort past a despairing Joe Hart. England hit straight back, and a much criticised Wayne Rooney criminally starting on the left with a winger playing centrally. Seriously, Roy, what the hell, man? Pick players in a position, you moron. Uh, He crossed for the impressive and annoying uh, Daniel Sturridge to slot home. The joy lasted until early in the second half when Mario Balotelli headed in a simple chance at the back post. We've all been here before. It was a knockout blow. The Italians could sit back in the oppressively hot conditions and a tiring England for all their endeavour could not break through. Rooney dragging an effort wide from inside the area was the moment we all saw the game slip away. We had to beat Uruguay now. So, of course, we didn't. I'll say no more about that or Italy's game against Costa Rica, as this will be a feature of the main show now. <laughs> well, that, that is an inappropriate start. Um, okay, so we've just heard the uh, summary of the groups, ending with England's group Group D. Uh, since I wrote that and recorded that, there's been a result, and that result was Italy nil, Costa Rica 1. Hey. Which uh, confirms England's exit from the tournament um, And Costa Rica go through that's, that's the other part of that So obviously no one saw that coming uh, Let's start with you Patrick Your feelings first of all on Italy versus Costa Rica Ending 1-0 to Costa Rica
3: Not surprised at all from the standpoint That I knew if England needed a result for Italy They wouldn't get it So we're out And I, I'm resigned to that Having not been able to sleep last night After yesterday's match
2: it's incredibly depressing, isn't it? But I mean, I suppose you've got to give props to Costa Rica. You've got to say that they played very, very well to beat Uruguay three-one. But and no one would have seen them picking up probably picking up points in this game, in this uh, in this group, let alone qualifying with a game to spare. Um,
3: I I agree. I'm lucky enough to know to be being an American, being you know USA and having to see the Concacaf group with Costa Rica, Honduras, etc. Mexico. I'm very impressed with how those teams have played so far in the tournament. Costa Rica. You know, didn't even play well in the qualifying. You know, USA beat them, yeah. um, and almost knocked them out. So actually, I'm very impressed that they've done so well. And and again, the group was very difficult. And Costa Rica's done a great job. They've, they've, you know, people like Joel Campbell and Ruiz have played excellently. Probably the best players in the group so far.
2: What do you think? It, do you think? It, I mean, the, I don't know. I don't know enough, enough is enough about Costa Rica to say whether it's the case. Whether the team has been together a long time and sort of grown up around each other and you know played a lot more together than than, than the other teams. But then, what, then, but, I'll, I'll, yeah, they have.
3: Um, a lot of the players have played in the Olympics together. Uh, Ruiz, exact, Campbell. A lot of the core guys have played together uh, from youth youth level. So, and that's been a big thing. And over here, there's a lot of tournaments you can play over here. Under 23 tournaments, the Olympics again, like I just said and the qualifiers so they have been around quite a bit and uh they, they they make a point in costa rica to to develop youth players and then they send them to europe a lot of them so that's why ruiz ended up at fulham and uh campbell ended up at arsenal etc so yeah they do have a very good youth program I think,
2: I think that's the only thing i could possibly think of that would give them that advantage we've seen it in youth football where the team's um, it's interesting because people people are quite like to criticise Palace as a youth setup weirdly because we all talk about how good of a setup it is, but quite often we 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 lose, you we know, we're not progressing in tournaments and we lose matches and against teams we perhaps shouldn't lose against, and it's because our best players suddenly end up in a first team environment a lot a lot sooner. So if you apply that to an international level, um, you know, sorry to finish that point, like teams like Liverpool, obviously their best players tend not to get into the. Um, get into the first team set up until a little bit later on so they stay together so you end up with a disjointed palace youth team playing a a team maybe not quite as good team like you know that has just had their team stay together you see i'm stumbling over my words but that's basically what i mean costa rica's strength comes from familiarity comes from the the team ethic and um you know yes they've got some some talented players ruiz you mentioned and, and joel campbell again you mentioned and he's one interestingly that uh, Steve Parrish confirmed Chief Scout Tim Coe had been looking at tr- us trying to get you know potentially on loan or something like that. But We'll we'll see. Um, sorry, Joe, on, on Costa Rica, you had a point to make there. Well,
4: I, I, the BBC made a, a very good point um, that Pirlo against England in the first half had 74 touches and against mm. Costa Rica in the first half had 33. Um, and again, they were asked...
3: Yeah, that was it, simple, it, right? Man marking—that's all
4: it came down to, wasn't it? Exactly. But the thing right. is, what they did was they look more organised than us. They look right. like they've got flair players that are not frightened to play with flair. Um, I, I don't get what it's what, when you put an England shirt on, all of a sudden you start passing like a dickhead. You, <laughs> you, you, so... open, you, you open your body up and you pass it like you would, like you would.
2: Yeah. You, the, I mean, and, the actual, the actual. Reason we're definitely looking at in a lot of detail as to what England, what the problem is when these players are putting on an England shirt. There's a uh, clip. I don't know. If we've got it's it, but but put an
4: English shirt on.
2: Wait, 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 wait. We'll we'll come to that, Joe. We don't want to go into too much detail now. I just want to give Nick a chance to comment on the Costa Rica Italy game. Um, obviously, we've said we've said it was a surprise, Nick. We've said Costa Rica have done amazingly to qualify, but um, I mean, you you, you said yourself you're wearing your Italy shirt, hoping for a miracle there. But are you really surprised you didn't get one?
5: No, not really. <laughs> I mean, if you look at what's happened in this World Cup and some of the results, it's, it's, it's been the best World Cup I can remember for games. I'm, I'm, and the amount of goals that have been scored and the surprises that there have been means that a surprise is no surprise anymore, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I know Does that makes make sense? sense. Um, and <laughs> Italy, we could have beaten Italy. And actually, are they that good?
2: Yeah, um, they they're, they're experienced and clinical that's what they are um we we were very very poor to, to let them get that second goal in the, in the second half there just it's very very basic stuff isn't it marking someone on a back post and
5: yeah just,
2: it is it's just too easy for balotelli it really was he's a decent player a very good striker but he doesn't didn't have to work for it and that's the really upsetting thing that and, and again we I talked about it in that, that summary and the the, the foot the the football we were playing and the chances we were creating as as an England side it was some people commented after that I was watching a game with them, that that's probably the best that they've seen England play in a long while because they were creating but we kind of accepted as again as supporters I think afterwards and again it looked like the team to point they kind of accepted losing to Italy was you know okay we're ready, we've lost to Italy they're you know they're a good side it's okay to lose to Italy but you're right in what you say Nick we we perhaps could have beaten them and should have beaten them. Um, yeah. And, and, and the, well, well, and and the problems continued into um, into the game against against Uruguay very quickly. <coughs> Jelgorn,
4: no, I, I just want to make a point. You, you know, sort of justified England, right? We would get beaten by the way that the teams are playing We would get beaten by Costa Rica. We have been beaten by Uruguay. We have been beaten by Italy. We would get beaten by Spain, Brazil, definitely the Germans, definitely the Dutch. Mm. I don't get it. Why? Why are we having some sort of inquest into? into a team that is basically crap. Lacks Flair, he's scared shitless every time he puts a shirt on. I, mm. I just It's, it's like Henman every single year getting let up okay. the garden path and kicked in the arse. It does my name. I said, I promise you, I turned yeah. around and said, right, I know this is a bit of a rant now. I right. turned around and said to Danny, to, to, to Danny, my mate who I speak to every day, I said to him, we will not qualify and we will not get a point. And if you don't believe me, you ask him. Danny Topley. I said we will not get a point. And on today's performance of Costa Rica against Italy, they kick our asses. We will go home zero, nil, bois. as the rest Nil-wa. of the world does. They give up. Well, look
2: again. Like I said, we we will come to the reasons. I, I said I was sort of making a point. Chris Waddle on Bit Five Live made a brilliant little rant, and he he started it kind of almost like like you do, Joe, and he said. You know, I, I'm fed up with this. I'm not even, almost. He's saying he didn't want to go into it, didn't want to talk about it, and then he managed to rant about it for a minute and a half. It was it was quality, but he blamed he blamed the Premier League and he blamed um, the attitude of trying to the fact that English football has has been dominated by the Premier League, which is all all about selling the product abroad and all that sort of stuff, and how you know English football development has taken a back seat, and I think. Although and he said we won't we we've just not learned I and mean, we never learn and and he mentioned again picking players because of who they play for not how they're playing and exactly. all that sort of stuff and we'll we'll get into that but you know I Chris for Chris Waddle to come out and say that I mean he's not someone I'd associate with a particularly Is it
4: every four years yeah,
2: it's yeah 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 he really does but I was um yeah I, I, it was astounding to to find myself agreeing completely with what he said because it. But I mean, it's just become that obvious, in my view, that, that everyone can see it apart from apart from the FA and, and those in charge. Obvious, of things.
4: It's been obvious forever. Mm. The only yeah. time we could ever have won anything was when, when Beckham. Beckham and Owen were together. And we found it in. Mm.
5: The only time we could ever have won anything is when we had bloody home internationals. <laughs> That's the only time we'll win anything, is if they bring those back.
2: Mm. Well... Um, we'll, we'll look at it in a broader sense in, in a little while but let's look at the actual the, the game against Uruguay Now, obviously we all you know you have to start with it with it being a 2-1 defeat um, and we'll, we'll start as we always do when reviewing a game with, with the line-up now the line-up didn't change from, from the defeat against Italy and in a way you could argue that we played well enough without getting the result to, to not change too much um, but I mean f- I mean, you you almost want to start with the keeper. The keeper's done nothing wrong, really, Joe Hart. You know, and he's probably the best of the England goalkeepers, and I've got no problem with him playing. But let's start with the full-backs, guys. Glenn Johnson and Leighton Baines. Uh, Starting with Glenn Johnson. Uh, Glenn Johnson is apparently the best English right-back available. Uh, Gel, thoughts on that? Um,
4: He's not, is he? (laughs) He quite clearly (laughs) isn't. But again, because he plays to Liverpool, come from Chelsea to Liverpool, he's going to get that. He's going to get that place. Um, and go go to the other side. Actually, Cole is a far more better player at the end of the season throughout the last part of the season than than Baines. I, I don't understand why he wasn't why he wasn't there. And just very quickly, we were privy to a, a really nice conversation from a very famous. Person in the public eye, and unless you want to say his name, I'm not going to say it. But he <laughs> told us he basically, oh, well, I I made him say that it was players, the England players, that forced John Terry out of the England squad. He was not taken out of the England squad by the yeah. hierarchy, and this guy actually is highly placed within the FA with with the England squad.
2: Yeah, and yeah, he he'd told been he'd been spending time. Power. Yeah, he'd been spending time actually with the squad, and they, they all basically made it clear and that now it looks, they, would, they wouldn't they would play with him.
4: And it looks the most ridiculous decision now, that he never that he never went.
2: I, I, I'm honest, I'll i be honest with you, mate, I'm not sure that John Terry is, is the answer, because, I mean, yes, he's a, he's a very good centre-back, and he, not only that, he's a very good organiser, but, I mean, we're talking about a, a situation where a team has failed, and if a team you doesn't want to if a team just practice. listen, listen, Joe. Let me finish. If a team does not want to play with a player, then you upset that team ethic by picking that player. And you want to tell me that, that that it's going to make a difference putting John Terry in that centre centre back. John Terry's past it. John Terry's past. It. I was for some
4: proper, no-bed some proper no bed builders. Some proper,
2: but they. When I do the job for them, they pay me the yeah. money. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but in my but view, John, Ter- John Terry is not the answer. It's like saying it's like saying that uh, I don't know David Batty is the answer, or I don't know fucking uh,
4: Paul ben Ince on. is the answer, the answer,
2: or Glenn Oddle's the answer. anything It's the past. John Terry is the past. If you're telling me we can't muster up, and I, and the centre backs weren't the problem in my view. I, uh, Gary Cahill was a good centre back. He's a very, very good centre back. Jack Wilcock. You know, he's not, perhaps, not class. He's not the class of John Terry in his prime. But he isn't the problem. The problem is at the full-backs. You've got, two fullbacks England. you've got two full-backs whose ability to defend is far less than their ability to go forward. And they're being picked on going forward. And, and that Jagie is Elker. the problem, in my view.
4: Jagielko, that, that good that he had to play in our most important game for four years. No,
2: but it, he is the best of what we've got. But he wasn't terrible. That, You're telling me Jagielko was terrible? That's why we're out. That's why we're out. Well, no, it isn't why we're out at all. Not at all. Well. <laughs> we are you know, now. I mean, I st- again, I started talking to you about Glenn Johnson, and, and we, we now all of a sudden we're talking about Phil Jagielka. I mean, Glenn Johnson's maybe not the best right-back. Who, who is the best right-back? Who should have played?
5: Joe Ward, Joe Ward,
2: <laughs> Joe Ward, Joe Ward, Joe Ward. He beat him on the bring.
5: he beat Uruguay very easily. Joe
2: Ward. Um, um, Joel, so, late, so again, Leighton Baines You wanted to talk about him before the, before the before in the In the pre-show You want to talk about Leighton Baines, gel So I'm going to give you a chance to do that um, Let's see if you can stay talking about Leighton Baines And not rambling on about someone else Which well, just Ashley Cole <laughs> Yeah, exactly There you go And Ashley, Ashley Cole was available for selection, wasn't he? Uh, he hadn't was. played much at Chelsea But he was willing to go to the World Cup Has he He's ever had a bad by game by. for England? I've never seen him have a bad game no, for no. Exactly. So again, we've. In, what, what do you think the reasons he wasn't picked up?
4: I don't know. Player politics. It has to be. Can only be. Can only be that.
2: And um, we've taken. And so Patrick, we've taken Luke Shaw. As as has pointed out, um, Ashley Cole uh, wasn't selected, and perhaps would have been a much better option. Certainly a better experienced option there. But we've taken Luke Shaw now. Uh, should should Luke Shaw have been given a chance ahead of Leighton Baines? given How Leighton Baines performed?
3: Um, in retrospect, yes, but I'm going to be honest, I would never pick Luke Shaw to start the game or Costa Rica. It wouldn't have made sense because of his lack of experience, but I agree with you guys. They they were both picked, both fullbacks were picked because of their ability to get forward. But defensively, they're both so poor, and it, and I didn't realize, well, Johnson I didn't realize because i seen him against Palace. So I know how bad he was, but Leighton Baines, I, I'm shocked at how bad he is at cutting out crosses. He can't cut, He lets every player gets, that gets on, the, on, on his side cross the ball. And then it exposes our centre-backs. And you guys are saying how, uh, you know, how Cahill played and how Jagger yeah, played. Yeah. I'm going to do a little joke, go back off topic, go back a little bit to John Terry. <laughs> I yeah. really think John Terry would have been a good asset because he played so well with Cahill at Chelsea. Mm. And because they played well together, it would, I thought Jagger had a shock in World Cup. He was so bad. On, on, on the first goal against Italy, the Balotelli goal, it's the same goal that was scored yesterday. Yeah, it was yeah, the same play how could you let that happen to a player you know better than any player in, in the world be, being Balotelli and, and uh, both who played in the Premier League we know them as well as any players as well as any English striker how let the same play happen in, in a different matches that's but, that's shocking
2: but knowing what we do about, about John Terry and that the players didn't want to play with him and, and, also, and also like I say I still maintain that he's well well past his best I think we saw that when he when he came to Sellers Park I, I think you know but uh, again for the sake of a tournament, I guess maybe we could have played him. For
3: that that would be my point. The mm. fact that it's just this one tournament, you know. I mean, we've got Lallana, you've got Shaw, you've mm. got um, Barkley, you've got enough young players in there that you're saying, okay, we we'll put them in there for the next tournament. You've got to have some experience. But they had Gerard. They brought Lampard. They brought Lampard for no reason. There was no reason being to bring Frank Lampard into the tournament. He wasn't going to play, no. and we already had Gerard. It didn't make but any sense.
2: I suppose. I mean, I suppose in, in one way you can look at it like this: Is are they thinking England's well you know Roy Hodgson basically he's selecting the England squad apparently all down to him is he perhaps thinking too much about the future when he's actually playing in a competitive tournament is he saying that we can't keep looking to the past with you know with with trying to convince say John Terry for example to come and come and play for England again because we're you know we're not good enough in the centre-back positions but I say my, my problem is it is more that I don't think that there's much better out there it's like you know, we we almost had an embarrassment of of centre backs at one stage, but I just don't see him anymore. You know, weirdly, one of the best centre backs, English centre backs, I've seen in the Premier League this season, Scott Dan. Right? Right? <laughs> but right. going to go? I... He's not going to go, go well, to a World Cup. Too unfashionable. Yeah, and he's yeah. he, he um, older. You're right. Yeah uh nick i'm gonna i'm gonna let you interject but i'm also going to br- bring a point that i want you to go on to as well um we were talking about baines and, and johnson and there's a common factor with them and both were absolutely torn apart by our very own yannick belassi within weeks of each other at the end of the season so that probably um yep. <laughs> that probably gives a little clue as to what i think of them as defenders um so go on nick you've just said exactly what i was going to say but yeah. i will raise another point um
5: and it's slightly off topic but on topic. We, we were told that um, by having all these international players in the Premiership would help develop and improve the English players that are playing in the Premiership. But what, what I fear has happened is that the uh, Premiership players, the international players or foreign players, are actually, there's too many of them. And I know well, yeah. that sounds completely opposite to what I say on the whole yeah. online on the politics thing. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, are, are we actually not developing players because they're not uh, again, getting a chance?
2: It, again, yes, yes, we are. Again, I know, I know, again, you, you made a point. It is off topic. We were just trying to discuss the lineup, But you, you're right to bring it up. It's going to be a, a recurring theme when you talk about England. And it's gonna, unfortunately going to be a recurring theme for the foreseeable future, I think. Because you can't change these things overnight. Um, And it does. It comes back to the Premier League. The Premier League's creation um, goes way beyond just football. It goes. It's all about an image. It's about selling a product. It's about appealing to customers. It's not about do you think the Premier League for a second cares how the England team performs? It probably has such a minimal effect. No, but that was the justification for the Premiership. That's what's so galling about it. Yes, the
5: reason we're having this is to make England better. We had this conversation two years ago uh, uh, when we got knocked out of the Euros. Uh, One of the pundits on BBC uh, was saying, we had this conversation four years ago. We had this conversation eight years ago. In fact, we had this conversation 12 years ago about England and the English players not being good enough and not learning lessons and not actually... Sort of moving forward as a team.
2: No, you're absolutely right, and it, but it, it's it it's it's criminal. It's the same thing we're talking about now, where we're talking about academies and stuff like that, where where Premier League clubs can go and pick whoever they want, and the reason supposedly is to do with supporting the national game by getting the best youngsters at the best clubs. But we know that's crap. It's about stopping the development of other, you know, of, of of other lower clubs getting the best you know having players that they're they're developing that belong to them you know and that Premier League clubs then have to go and buy for huge sums of money and I think perhaps maybe the thinking is that English talent is costing so much to buy when it's developed at another club for an English club that they are being forced abroad I think we'll probably see a little bit of that from Palace this year I think when we're going to go out and try and get value for money we're probably not going to be looking within these shores and you know that, those are the sorts of problems that's happening with a domestic game. That's the, the knock-on effect is the national game. Um, Patrick, first.
3: Well, I will say your point about Hodgson saying you know bringing in young players to the World Cup. If you look at your lineup yesterday of the young players, he only started um, really let's say Welbeck and Sterling. He left Wilshere on the bench. He left um, obviously oxlade Jamie couldn't play; he was hurt. He left Lalana on the bench. Left Barkley on the bench. and Left Shaw on the bench. So if you're going to bring him to the World Cup. You can't give them, you gave, they gave uh, Barkley 30 minutes in the wrong position yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Gonna, yeah. You know what I mean, I, I don't understand. If you're going to do it, he should have just, I'd rather he would have gone out there and given those guys a chance and lost the way we lost, as opposed to, you know, the way he tried to do. And I thought we played well offensively. I thought we, where, we lost, where we lost, it was on defense. I thought the back four was shocking in both matches. They mm. made schoolboy errors. I mean, that second goal yesterday, I've seen that scored on the park 50 yeah. million times. A long ball from the goal, he flicked on, and then the guy runs on and scores.
2: That's English football. But it, it is. But what, <laughs> what really, what really distressed me about it is the reason. I, the reason I feel the defence has been under so much pressure, and, and to give a statistic on that, we Go conceded. Ahead. We conceded. I think it's uh, the same amount of goals in the last three games as we had in the previous fourteen. Uh, and for me, the difference has been um, that that the protection from the players ahead of them has been so poor. Okay. And I and, and I genuinely believe that that comes from picking the likes of Sterling in a central position where he's not being asked to get back. Exactly. Um and and, and Danny and, Welbeck. And Rooney out wide. Yeah, Rooney out wide. Rooney will run all day and he will right. get back. But but he's not, it's right. not it's not where he it's not a right position for him and it demotivates him. And Danny Welbeck, I don't know what Danny Welbeck is. I agree, uh, you know. He's not quite a striker, he's not quite a support player and he certainly isn't a wide player. So you know, he, he needs to be what he is. Go
5: on, Nick. No, we'll get complaints. <laughs> you know, as to what Danny Welbeck is. Um, <laughs> we've, we've, Leighton Baines, I think, was picked because he's good at free kicks. Possibly. <laughs> and um,
3: one, he missed it, so.
5: Yeah. Um, we're just not good enough, are we? And and the other point I was going to make is, if how many English players are there playing abroad?
2: Very few. Very few, yeah. Why are, is uh, that? at a very high level. Um i would say a lot of it has to do with money money exactly um, but the other thing is you've you've basically you've got Eng- you've got england and spain um where the, the the best money is in terms of being a professional footballer so when you reach the pinnacle of your career you will play in one of those divisions there's not enough drive drive for english players to go up to go and play in spain i mean it, it seems odd to me because and those that have gone have, have been you know reasonable. i mean stephen Mannerman had a great time out there um Mr. Beckham, um, yeah, yeah, Beckham was fantastic Bale. out there. I know he's not English, um, but if you look at someone who did actually did quite well but didn't last very long, Michael Owen, right? It kind of sums it up for me. He ca- he went out there for a little while, did well, but he came back because he didn't like the culture. He didn't like he didn't like being away from his home comforts. He didn't see it as an adventure. He saw it as a you know as something to try in his career. And no one, I don't think, there's the perception in this country. Of players playing now, that is, of going abroad and playing the playing the game, is appealing. And if you look through history, it never really has been. It's always they the sort of you're always. I guess you're probably taught as a youngster that that England English football is almost the pinnacle. Where you know those that have gone abroad and really done well, that you know they they've been some of the best, you know, the best developed players. Um, that was weird. Sorry, that was my phone. That was I named that tune. That was Rudy. A message to you by the specialist. It, it
5: was. It was I yeah. tell you
4: that, that's my ringtone. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, and,
2: uh, that's fine. We are inter- we are introducing fines on Homestead Radio for leaving equipment on, but just not yet because I did it can, last
4: can time. I, can I? Can I just go back to something, right? But that yeah. we touched on, that we talked about pre-show is that Baines had. I can't even tell you how many opportunities he had to actually cross the ball. Right, which is where we looked at our most dangerous when 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 we crossed. Johnson had ten chances, got into an attacking position, and crossed once, and we scored. Right. Baines had so many opportunities and didn't cross the ball. Now the thing is, if he's being used as a wing back, right, and, he, and he's not doing it, you got to pin him seriously. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, there there are a few teams as well, right, in this, in, and I've been screaming for this, and I honestly think this would be, because of our lack of a decent right back and a, and a lack of a decent centre back, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, left back. The, 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 obviously, Cole isn't good enough, and Baines, because he's not been chosen for whatever reason, and, yeah. and Baines clearly isn't good enough, that I think that we should do what a few teams out there are doing now and play three centre backs.
2: You're, you're, a, you're a massive advocate of three free, centre backs. Whenever you oh, well, can. Uh, well, the thing is, but the thing is, Chris, it seems to
4: be the way forward because as soon as we start playing four four two, it, it's a system that we've played forever and it's outdated. And then we play four five one, and we're not good enough. We can't play one such football. We're not good enough to do that. It, it's, it's endemic with us and built into into the psyche that as soon as someone comes to pressurise us, you hoof it, mm-hmm. and that's what we do. We revert to hoof.
2: Yeah, we do, and we then,
4: do. But, 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 but we, can't, we can't do that. You can't do that against... You. The other thing as well, you're saying that we conceded more goals in, in, in the last three games than we conceded in the last 14. This is the World Cup. Every single team there has had... For the last four years, and, oh. and, and, uh, the top players in the world. This is what they do. And you're not up against crap. You're not up against Stoke City centre-forward. You're not up against... Is this not a minnow. There aren't any minnows in football now. We are just... We are playing... Costa Rica are supposed to have not got any points here, and they are absolutely killing everyone.
2: Um, Joe, I heard some of what you said, but something went really, really wrong. Um, so I didn't catch it all, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I... Hopefully, you know. Uh, hopefully, you. I think do we that. got the gist. We got, we got the gist. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Nick. Um, look, I, I, I'm going to have to leave that there, and uh, and you, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was, I think, just to, to sum, off, sum up, what I thought about Baines. I think Nick was absolutely right in that he was picked for perhaps dead ball delivery, but he clearly he doesn't seem to be able to put a cross in on the run, and I don't know how that's endemic of. of um, how he plays at club level, or not, I haven't really seen enough of him, but he certainly was ineffective when, when we went up to uh, Goodison and played there. Um, he was ineffective uh, in the 0-0 as well at Seller, thought.
4: Silence? Is this radio silence?
2: That is. I think that's something that that seems to happen almost continuously throughout throughout the game, do you know what I mean? Like at League 2, League 1 and, and Championship level as well as in the Premier League, with certainly with the lesser teams anyway, you tend to see anyone who's under pressure in a game, any team that's being dominated by another team and getting pushed high up the pitch always tends to look for that out ball, um, and that out ball is usually a long ball up the middle. So again, maybe that's a cultural thing that, that we need to try and change in this country, but... When you look at what happened to Spain and they were being revered as this, you know as the way to play football, and they've been absolutely taught a lesson this World Cup. So you know the answer really isn't isn't in any specific way, any specific way of changing. It's about adapting to your opponents, and it's about in, in you know in getting a team ethic going and getting everyone to play to people's strengths and you know to cover people's weaknesses and all that sort of stuff football's about that it's not about setting out this is how we're going to play this is our formation and quite frankly I think that the weakness in our in the the English national team comes from the lack of togetherness uh, from the players and and that's not necessarily you know what what we refer to as team spirit it's in simply not knowing each other's games and when you look at oh, I want to talk about Stephen Gerrard now you Stephen can't, Gerrard, sorry sorry
5: chris can i interject that you had Half of the team, the England team, play for the same team.
2: So how can you turn around and say they don't know each other's games? Um, because they, they play in Because a, a, a team environment is exactly that. It's, an, it's 11 men. Um, you know, when you're looking at the, the players who played together, um, I mean, other than perhaps in the centre midfield, when you've got, when you've got Henderson and Gerrard, it was a genuine partnership. Everything else... You know, they're interacting with other people. I'm not saying it's impossible to, to to get a team, you know, it's impossible to learn each other's game, but it needs people to actually think about doing that and to be spending time together and to, out on the training field. And,
4: if you take okay. Suarez out in the Liverpool side, they're very average. Yeah,
2: that, yeah, yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's a very good point as well, Charlie. All the,
4: other, all the defenders in the Premier League are watching Suarez and that gives that, that gives uh, the, all, the, all the other players more time on the ball because everyone shitting themselves because of Suarez. And then it's, when you don't, when you when you take advantage of or you try and pull, go uh, to yeah. the other players. then Suarez gets free and scores
2: the us Listen, listen I, I take I take the point as well, Nick. It is, it is a is a good counter argument to what I was saying that there were a lot of Liverpool players in that team and they should know better. But if you take if you take Steven Gerrard, uh, Steven Gerrard in my view had a tournament that showed that he he's done in international football. In my view, yeah, he's he's absolutely finished. Yeah. Agree. Because you just he and when you look at his performances at club level as well, he he's still the the personalities there, the drive is there, the commitment's there, the, the things that they look to for Stephen Gerrard. But quite frankly, he's his ability is lessened. You know, he he's not sharp enough anymore. You know, he can still play. He played in that game. He played some absolutely great cross field passes. But when he was under no pressure, you put him under pressure now, and he he seems to crumble. Now
4: who goes in who goes in place of Gerrard then?
2: To be honest with you, it, it doesn't Jack really Roche. matter. But Jack I mean, exactly—that's a perfect suggestion in, in Jack Wilshere. Totally different player, in my view. Right. But it means you have to, pl- but it means you have to play a different way. Gerard, it, it, it's the same and again. Joel won't agree <laughs> because I know how much he loves Stephen Gerrard, being a plastic scouser. No, but, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> but, but, but for me, no. But for me, he sits in the same category as, as the likes of John Terry. For me, he's England's past. Um, I understand why people revere him and for the career he's had and what have you, but he, I mean, you talk about playing it long. He's the, he's the, exactly the sort. Or a player that will do that every single time. And yeah, it's accurate. It is that usually accurate and he can, you know, put the ball at someone's feet from, from the other end of the pitch. But that's what that's what he's about. That's his game now. Because he's, he's not he's not box that, to box yeah, anymore.
4: Yeah, but that negates surely you would rather have a, a long ball pinged than a long ball hoofed. But there's totally two different things. If he can ping it seventy yards to someone's toe Yeah, yeah but for, I'm not, but, not trying to defend him, I'm just saying, I'm just saying but rather than hoof it there's a difference
2: between hoofing and pinging yeah. the ball 70 yeah, but yards you, no you're right and, I, and I, I've argued an awful lot myself but it's ineffective in the side that we've got you know we've got we seem to get the ball and try and play it around the back we're, we're, we're between styles but like I said before to me it's not actually about that it's about playing to people's strengths and I don't think what Steven Gerrard has left which which doesn't like I said he used to be box to box he used to be a genuine goal threat in every game but he'd be back defending He's, but he hasn't got the legs anymore you know, no, has, which is why he sits back a little bit. Yeah, it? but he, but but in my view, that he becomes an ineffective player. Yeah, and I agree. No, I agree. We we'll stop what getting saying, upset about it.
4: So what I'm saying is, if he if he's if he's not going to be effective, then he shouldn't be playing. But what right. they're doing, they have enough attacking threat through Sterling, Starridge, um
2: and, and, and Rooney. No, no. Again, you're right. And sorry, just a player I rate, but Sterling again has been has ineffective in my view. Um, did, didn't didn't he's, don't see what he brings. Um,
4: he, he needs he needs to he needs to be given a chance. He needs to, the thing is right. Why? What is it about our players when they put an England shirt on? They just they don't replicate their club form.
5: Again, what is. Uh, they're coming um, up against
4: can I, can I
5: Um, Steven Gerrard, um, part of the Golden Generation, who I now call the Golden shower because they weren't really that golden, were they? <laughs> um, do we? I, I can see why Gerrard's there. I can see why Rooney's there because you want that continuity between one set of players and another set. Do you know what I mean? As a as a team, a transition from from one 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 generation of players to the next generation of players. Do you know what I mean? That's that's possibly been. Spain's undoing in the fact that they they'd all been there, done that, and were possibly getting a bit too old, and everybody yeah. got the measure of them. What we need is, you know, were they the right players to to keep in there for that transition, or are they just in there on on past? I won't. I'll use the word glories very use, loosely, but do you, do you know what I'm saying? We, you know, should we just say right? Let's just get rid of
2: all of that lot. Start with a brand new starting eleven. Um, I, I don't know if you can do that, but what I'd I, I see on on Joe's point. Joe asked the question, which is kind of where you're going, which is why does it hap- why does it happen when they put on an England shirt? Um, and, and it's a it's a really simple situation in that in that they're playing in a different team. Is it because <laughs> they don't care. No, no, and everyone loves to do that. Uh, do you remember when we talked to Peter Ramage the first time we spoke to him on on this show? And um, and he, and he was saying that what really annoys him and, and Delaney when they were talking about Twitter and the abuse they got on there is when people say that they don't care. Because in a player's view, a player will always say that they care as much if not more than fans. And fans will never understand that. Will never understand that they do... They, You know, to, to actually, again, I've said this before, but to be a professional footballer, to have that commitment... To just to to give yourself to the game and to you know do you know what I mean, it takes so much mental yeah. strength to put ahead of thousands and thousands and thousands of kids who all go and play football and are all talented to be the ones who end up in that first eleven for their club side or to be the first eleven for the England side the dedication the commitment it takes that fans will have absolutely no idea about just how much they care, but it's not enough to to just care it's you you have to you know you have to be. In, you have to believe in the coach, you know, and you have to be given, you know, a team environment where you can do to play to your best, and that where you have people that cover for you. See what what I think is a real, really obvious weakness in the England squad is that people don't cover mistakes. You know, when you know when you watch you watch Palace and the way we've been with at uh, the back, you know, and you think about the centre backs we've had uh, in the Premier League where we had Gabidon and Delaney, and then Dan and Delaney yeah the, the those though that those two pairings the common factor in those two is when one of them makes a mistake invariably the other ones they're covering for him do you know what i mean that's a partnership it's like oh my god you know my center back partner is in trouble particularly delaney he's always he's always throwing himself the last second at a shot that when, when someone's broken through that sort of stuff and that's so- a very specific example and, that, and that's what i mean it's you know every, they they. They're not covering, they don't know enough about each other's games and, and, or they're not perhaps engendered into the team spirit enough that they're able to cover. Do you know what I mean? So should we then condense the Premiership
5: season to actually give them more time together before a major tournament?
2: I, I don't Have know a few if more midweek games. I don't know if that's, that's the answer. I don't know if you can do that because the Premier League is bigger business than the national team.
4: Because it's Sky.
2: Yeah, it is, Patrick. We've um we've been dominating um a little bit here in terms of the discussion between us. I want to bring get your sort of point of view. Obviously, you're a little bit away from um the way the the, the English teams thought about in England out there. So you've got perhaps got a more sort of um, should we say? Well, you're as emotionally involved as we are, certainly, but maybe you've got He's a slightly different view. I'm
3: definitely as emotionally involved. In, yeah, that's not a yeah. good thing. But um, no, I I mean your, your guys' point about players not caring is, is an interesting one. I've never thought that. If, when I even I lived in England, I've always thought the players cared. I, I do read a lot about that on the internet, about how the people think they don't care. I, I, I definitely agree with what, what Ramin said. The players care a lot. It just, I think it, it's, it just seems to be an issue of, of like you just said, I said before, continuity and having players who know each other better. But then I look at other teams. I'm watching right now. I'm watching the France-Switzerland game. These players <laughs> play on different teams. And they seem to gel. So I, I don't know what it is. I, it might be the money thing with EPL, and there's so much money in the league that you know it's more important to play in that league and not get hurt and perform for your club team than play for England. Maybe it's as simple as that.
5: Maybe, Or yeah. it's as or simple as the expectation is too high. Maybe that, it's that sort of pressure that does
3: it. I'll make a great point. The expectation of, of English fans is high, but again, we're English fans. We don't really... Do we really expecting them to win a world cup anytime soon?
2: No, want, no, I don't think so. We all
3: want them to, obviously, yeah. but we don't really expect it. So it shouldn't be that high. It just should be that the players should just know that we're we're behind them, but I always find as a as an English supporter that we're always so we're quick we're quickly negative. You know, mm-hmm. anything happens poor, we're quick to, you know, to to kill Rooney. Then we're killing Blayton Baines. Now I'm killing uh, Cahill and Jackie Olka, and we know we're, we're killing this. You we know we'll do that very quickly. Yeah. And I think maybe maybe the players, in some strange way, know it's going to happen, and that's what causes well, you know things to happen. Because I so, I agree with what said before. Yeah. I think some of the players look scared. Barking to me looks scared in the last two games. So did Lalana. They're like yeah. to make a mistake, and that's not yeah. how they play for their club teams.
2: You made a couple of very very good points. I want to pick up. And the first thing is that the. I would. I can honestly say, not one of us here would be slate, slating those players as much as we are. The ones that have pissed us off, if they were Palace players, yes. we just oh, wouldn't do, yeah, it, no. we would we? Yeah,
3: we would. No, no of course
2: you would. No, you, no sorry,
3: that. You know, no, no, Joe, you not the ones you
2: really care about. No, you wouldn't. No, no. I care about no. Jedi. I slated him. You, you did, yeah, but no, no. Do you know what I mean? But we wouldn't be. We wouldn't suddenly, for the sake of one game, we wouldn't turn on a player. Exactly. Uh, but, but we're waiting to do that because you know what? Week in, week out in the Premier League. We don't like Wayne Rooney. We don't like Leighton right, Baines. We don't, exactly. like we don't like these. We don't like these. Right, you know, exactly. they're, they're the opposition. They're the enemy. You know what I mean? Right. So that um, that's got to be part of it. I mean, the maybe the intensity of the the club game, uh, you know, in this country is, is maybe responsible for that. Certainly, I can remember even in in my relatively short life compared to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. I can certainly remember when I, when I was a when I was a lad <laughs> that the England was always above club you know what i mean you everyone was like that's national i keep saying you know what i mean today i'm gonna to apologize for that it's gonna be my new thing um you're like frank bruno you i am yeah <laughs> you sort know? Of, know what <laughs> i mean <laughs> um, but but no, no it's oh i don't know it was i i completely now i have to admit my you know now colors to the mast and their palace colors and they they always will be i will never now i will never care about england anywhere near as much as i care about palace and i suppose. You know that might be part of the issue here. That are we being unrealistic? I don't. I don't know if we are. I don't know if, if we, we're. I don't think we're complaining about not winning. I think we're probably complaining about the fact that the players aren't playing to their full potential. I think that's what's getting to us, Nick.
5: Before the World Cup, I think all of us would agree that we didn't expect us to do that well. I, I think we might have expected us to get out of the group stages, but the expectation for this World Cup was a lot lower than in previous. Uh, competitions but I can't believe how gutted I was you Mm. know even though the expectation was so low and and let's be fair we are slating the players a lot we were one Gerrard mistake from still being in the World Cup and a one bit of dodgy marking in the Italy game from still being in the World Cup that's two mistakes really in the two games (laughs) both of those games could have gone either way you know they Agreed. were they were they were on a knife edge, and you know if if something had gone slightly differently, if if, if Gerard hadn't done that perfect flick on that he would have done for Liverpool because he thought Suarez was on the same team. Just that one little moment has completely turned the way we feel about everything. It could be so different for just two tiny little. <laughs> incidents I just, and that's the, changed it completely do you know what I mean
2: yeah yeah, yeah. And the language you're using is exactly it, it, why it gets so frustrating and so maddening because it, was always, it always is that isn't it it's the tiniest of margins it's not that long ago that you know a legitimate Lampard goal was ruled out despite crossing yeah. the line that would have exactly. changed, changed the complexity of a game and you're, you're left thinking why is it us why is it always us why doesn't it ever go the other way for us uh, and it's just been so long uh, Joe come on yep. I, I
4: just, I must, be, I must be thinking this year, I must be thinking different from everybody. I honestly didn't think we'd, we'd do anything. I've, I've, I've said it, I've said it phrased, I've been on Twitter and I've said, I, I honestly don't think, this isn't a surprise for me, do you know that? It is not a surprise that we haven't qualified. I'm, I'm gutted mm. purely because it's England's and we're out. And I'm gutted by the way that we've played. But mm. it, it hasn't surprised me. The, 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 evolution, the evolution of world football Pat is, right. is it means that everything like America. You could have given them given them a round ball thirty years ago, they like <laughs> well, apart from nineteen fifty when they when they beat us one nil, but right. uh, you know, they'd have gone, What is this? This is crap, we're not doing anything. Now you would fancy the Americans to come up to come to Wembley and give us a decent game. Every anybody. Chile. Come to Wembley and kick our backsides. It's only a friendly, but now you've seen what they do in the big tournaments. Yeah, exactly. We, well, we're the only ones that haven't moved forward. We're the only team in the, in world <laughs> football. We're going yeah. backwards, everyone else is evolving.
2: You know, well, Joe, I'm,
3: I'm going to agree with you on a couple of things as far as you just said. You're right about how global it's gotten, because I'm looking at Colombia play. I'm looking at Costa Rica play. I'm looking at... Um, some other teams play, and they are—you know—they're playing. You look at Australia; the way they play against Netherlands. I mean, you never would have thought Australia could ever have been two-one up against a team like Netherlands. So you're right; it is—it is a very much of a global thing. But I mean, we're England; we should be doing better than getting beat. You know, being bottom of a group that's led, being led by Costa Rica. If The group was being led but, by but it, Italy. I would say, you know what? You're right, but it's Costa Rica. But, but you've got you but you've got that English mentality. You've you've got that.
4: But it's England. So what, it's England's, we haven't got the players we used to have. We haven't got, we haven't got a natural finisher. In, 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 no matter what you say, Rooney is a, sits behind the forwards now, right? He doesn't, he is not a natural finisher. We haven't got a, we haven't got a Michael Owen.
2: Joe, in all honesty, right, you're absolutely right. In all honesty, though, Costa Rican team, okay? What? Um, they're leading the group. How many, how many of those players... Damn. How many of those players right. will get in? First of all, get in the England side. Now, oh. don't you know what I mean? If I was to tell you, um, tell, tell me who in that in that squad is better than the individual player in the England squad. Hang on, that's a, a minute, they've got six points. Yeah, they beat Uruguay and Italy. They both beat us. Yeah, I'm not. So, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not arguing that point. I'm saying, tell me now who in their team goes into the England side. I, do,
3: I don't even you
2: know, know what, Chris?
3: who they are. Right, but, then, you know, Chris, that might speak to the fact how it's more about a team than individuals, you know what I mean? I totally mm-hmm. agree with you. None of them make, mm-hmm. would make them a team, but it's more about being a team, and that's what this World Cup starting to show us right now. You've got to but, be a team. You've really got to we, be a team. But we're ignorant of the fact that – I am one of the
4: worst people being have ignorant of the fact that I couldn't even tell you one Costa Rican player. Oh, yeah, Here you could uh, Brian Rees. Right, he's right, right. the only one right, and the only reason is because he plays for Fulham but okay, the thing okay. is if Wait, you actually looks at, at that team there'd
3: be three or four of their players that get in the England side
2: No, you're wrong Brian Ruiz oh. how much do you play for Fulham? Hardly it, It's completely Hardly irrelevant Hardly, it's No, it isn't He's completely relevant to the point
4: Where are they <laughs> playing? Where are most it's of, the of the their point players? Point I mean, they're I mean,
2: playing around Europe a, a few of them are but how many, how many are good enough to, to displace an England player and, and, not, and I'm not Belittling their achievement, and I'm and I'm just saying that results don't tell the whole story, mate. And I'm I'd, saying um, their. their I'd say the left back and right back would be good enough for England. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 yeah. this, this. Is my point, Joe? You you made an excellent point about the English mentality of we're England, so we should be we should be doing better. But what I'm what I'm saying is, you take that on ne- an extra level, it it isn't an insane point of view to have. It is slightly. To a point, it's slightly ignorant of other teams' abilities. But, th- but then if you go on to the next step and you try and analyse it, um, it doesn't necessarily show that other teams are better than us. It, it also shows just, how, just to the level of which we're underperforming. Um, and I have to say that the buck stops in, in international level exactly the same place it stops at club level, and it st- stops with the manager. For whatever Roy Hodgson's done, he hasn't achieved... What what he should have set out to achieve Which was to get those players Playing together at the best of their ability And anyone who's not playing well Anyone who doesn't fit in And anyone who isn't doing what they should be doing Gets replaced by, by another well, option
4: Give him blunt nails He can't bang him in the wood Get rid of the crap Get rid yeah. of all the players then And, and put right. a youth to and put the kids in give the kids a chance yeah I'm
2: agreeing with you Joe that's exactly what I'm I trying I'm, to I'm we've trying
4: seen you now. I'm telling you now 75 to 80 percent of the people in this country would just go give the kids a chance and if we get our asses kicks in the euros we'd have got them kicks anyway so who, who cares we've got to start um, building we have to start building that's our uh, next
5: world cup song there isn't it <laughs> all we are saying
2: is give
5: kids a chance right
2: right if Nick <laughs> sings any more today that's going to be it for me I'm quitting. but um. I no, in the interest of not, I don't want to get into the debate of we'll accept it if we put kids in and lose because that's an, that's an argument I had with Palace a couple of years ago with people going, oh, just play the youth team and I'll no, be that, fine if we get beaten. No, yeah, you won't. no, you yes, won't. You'd crucify them. But that's we're not going to cr- get we're not going to get into that so- topic now because we've been droning on for ages. I want to co- cover a couple of other quick points, then we're going to talk a little bit about Palace to cheer ourselves up. Yes, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did want to make a, a mention of this. It was um, some great statistics about. Uh, from uh, I mean, remember the first podcast we had Alex Penjon, who's uh, rejoining the Homestar Radio lineup, and he's been working for a, a um, basically a, a football statistics email account thing called the Equalizer. Uh, and they sent a great email around today about where the game was won and lost. Um, and they talked to, and when they mention the word lost, they they mean in terms of possession uh, in England in 2014 at the World Cup, number of times players have lost possession. Raheem Sterling, 26, Stephen Gerrard, 26, Wayne Rooney, 26, Leighton Baines, 30, Glenn Johnson, 43. Wow. So the top, the, the backs top the list of the number of times we've lost possession, with Glenn Johnson 13 ahead of his nearest rival, Leighton Baines. Um, when uh, you say lose possession, is that be being tackled or
5: misplacing a pass?
2: That could be any He's of those things. Like right, okay. the They're the last English player to tuck the ball, touch the ball before. To, uh, so they've got over. the
4: ball, the other guy gets it off them. Basically, yeah. Uh,
2: and then you look at the past completion in the opposition half versus Uruguay, the worst culprits in England's uh, lineup. Danny Welbeck was seventy-one percent. Wayne Rooney was seventy percent. Oh, what a goal! Steven Gerrard was sixty-nine percent. Thank you, Joe. That's really helpful.
3: Mine's on delay, gel and no, I saw it. Thank you very much. You spoiled it. Mm. Sorry.
4: So what <laughs> I'm right.
2: saying there is the three three worst <laughs> players in the opposition half are keeping possession. Well, oh fuck me.
5: I can't name that tune. Sorry,
4: that's some sort of rap in it, like rap with a silent sea.
5: Yeah, I think Chris has left.
2: So anyway, <clears throat> <laughs> those are some interesting statistics, weren't they, guys? Yeah, yeah. It's, and but did we have more
5: possession than that? I, I noticed at one point we had sixty-eight percent possession. Um. I think it was halfway through the second half. We we actually had
2: yeah, no, we, we did substantially but more,
5: think more possession than Uruguay. I think when you what to do with it,
2: when you're looking at that level of pass completion and the, and the amount of times we're losing the ball, it's interesting to see the players that crop up there. I mean, Gerard is is known for his passing for him to be only making, um, uh, you know, sort of under seventy percent, um, you know. Let me just finish typing this message to Joel. Bear with me a second.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, that's that done. Um, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> Is that like an American quarterback? Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be the preferable way of doing it, actually. Still, all on top of it. No, um, no I mean, we, basically, the key players didn't perform. I, I think those statistics show that um, the... When everyone was watching that game and, and slating the full actually they were right to do that because they were the two worst-performing worst people in terms exactly. of actually keeping possession. Right. Uh, when people were saying Gerrard's passed it and Rooney's having a shite tournament, you know what, they were right because they were giving away the ball in the opposition half where they're, they're supposed to do their, you know, it's all important to create. who were the best players, I can, I can, Chris? Can, can I just pull you
4: up on one, just one bit, you just said no. that they didn't perform. Right. Well, as it happens, everyone's been saying that it's the best England at the, against Italy. It's the best England to play for 10 years. And we still got beat. Let's mm.
5: um,
2: go. Yeah.
5: We, we're not yeah. good enough. We're not good enough.
4: Because
5: we didn't have a striker to put the ball in the onion bag,
2: did we? I mean, well, Chris, Chris,
4: Chris, yeah. turn everybody turned around and said that it was the best that England played for 10 years. and we Jill, still we go,
2: we're going well. around in circles because I'm going to ask you the same question. If we we didn't perform... Uh, sorry, we, we're not good enough. Costa Rica are clearly good enough. If they go in the six, if they they've they want, they've got six points. They're going through. They're clearly better than us. Who go? Who from their team goes in the England team? Oh shit! I can't fucking name anyone, and none of them even get into Premier League sides. Oh shit. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not as cut and dry. The trouble. What you're doing is you're doing the usual trap of everyone of thinking it's so bloody simple. It's just this. Oh, we ain't good enough. Do you know what? If those players play to the best of their ability, we are good enough. Yes, we, we are, are better. We are better than Costa Rica if we play to our full ability. We will definitely play better, be, Italy, will, better yeah. than
3: bloody Uruguay. Yeah. I think we're better than Italy? <laughs> oh, what? You want a game today? They were horrible today. You didn't play today. They were zero. horrible, Joe. They were horrible was today. Was, I, are they might have been horrible today, but Burlow, against us, he ran the game. We only had, we had to do one. Because we didn't, mark him. We
4: didn't exactly, mark him. But
2: But it what got shown show? today, you made the point yourself earlier, it got right, shown today him. how, how you play him. against him. Exactly. This is the point, Joe, we haven't performed, it's not just a, we aren't good enough, we, should, we right. deserve we, to. We could good. be better. We're not good enough, are we? No oh, bollocks, we could be better, we've just made the point, I've just made the point to you, you've could got be to answer better.
4: me. Everyone else's school report could be better, So all we ever hear, the fucking Euros, we could be <laughs> better, we could do this, but we could
2: do you no know one? what my, um, Justin, we Justin, could
3: Justin, always Justin. do it and we never do it. Well, a lot of Justin, times uh, for the penalty kicks though, you've got to be fair, a lot of like going on the field, a lot of game we lose is for the penalty kicks, it really is, It's sometimes just bad luck.
2: Yeah, it's just true, but your basically Joe, your oversimplification falls apart when you're trying to analyse it. It absolutely falls to pieces.
5: Doesn't it? got we got really
2: does because you can't answer me.
5: <laughs> Talking of school reports, I'm just going to lighten things up because you're all getting very angry. Oh um, my! My my PE report when I left primary school. Do you know what it was? One word. Perfect. Uncoordinated. <laughs> Perfect.
2: Perfect anyway look we've uh, we've exhausted that was
5: just me dress sense <laughs> can we move on to Milo Jedinak please no oh, good. Oh,
3: penalty kick oh god he's so great I
5: love him I was so proud
4: we've oh. got Nick Not just Nick we've got the same amount of points in this World Cup as Scotland
5: just <laughs> <tried> <laughs> <a game. laughs> and I oh did you white... see that Scottish bloke in the crowd that was hilarious that really <laughs> made me laugh <laughs> that made um, the game but... for me
3: it's more like a little levity. That's
2: more <laughs> yeah. Listen, right, I'm going to abandon the idea of where do we go from here because we've sort of tried to talk about that the whole way through, and to be <laughs> honest with you, we haven't got time. Uh, we'll, we'll probably try and, sum- yeah, we'll try and summarise it up. Uh, I was also going to ask you um, about what positives we could take from this tournament. So it seems like a bad idea now. Um, <laughs> we need tumbleweed for that bit. We definitely do. But look, uh, the, the, point of, the point of doing this, the point of reviewing these games, is we, you know, we wanted to have a, a serious debate about it, and I think what we've shown is that whether we want to admit it or not, we are all very, very passionate about England and all very, very passionate about, you know, why we think it's gone wrong. We might have different opinions about why that is, but I think we all agree that it has gone wrong um, for us to be out of the tournament, With the exception of Joe, who seems to think we don't deserve any points. But, um, I, I, you know, I honestly think we, well, probably, on the balance of the games... Yeah, you could argue it was unlucky at, at times, but no, we, we, we did get what we deserved to that point, I suppose. But I honestly think that uh, that we've underperformed. We've not got we've not got what's right because we have underperformed. I think we've let ourselves down, and I think we've let the fans down, unfortunately. Um, I say we, but, you know, I didn't do it. It was yeah, don't uh, put me in that collective. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it's yeah. not me either. Yeah. I didn't do anything. Yeah,
2: and I worked
3: my arse off the other day, <laughs> I played well watching those matches. I really did. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it was actually
5: my fault because I had the wrong pants on. <laughs> I was uncoordinated. I, I didn't have my pants on
2: A hole in your gusset. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to try and.
5: Uh... I was nearly going to sing then, but I won't. All right,
2: thank you. Uh, let's let's have a little bit of Palace chat though. We've had some fantastic Jules. news um, since. Yeah, Jules. Jules signed a new deal, one year uh, with performance-triggered additional year so if he if he plays in a certain number of games it's an automatic extension to that deal That'd be uh, great couldn't couldn't be happier delighted yeah, um that's brilliant yeah uh obviously all the fear was that um i think i think the rumours were he wanted a three year deal um, whether that was realistic or not i don't think it's pretty fair to say but his before, his, his form at the end of the season was just absolutely superb so what well, over overall everyone happy with that um were anyone surprised that he actually signed in the end no
3: no,
4: no?
2: Uh, nice.
3: Just based on, you know, what he did this year, his emotion in, in that last match and just the way he was talking about uh, the comments about players, about how great Gale's going to be great next year, we should re-sign Tom in. So, we, You know, he, he's a palace through and through, so that's a brilliant signing. I'm so happy he's back.
2: All right, and just a quick question. i will going to ask Nick this one. Um, do you think he starts the first game of the season? Yes. Yeah? All right good stuff. Well, there we go. Very, very happy about that. Uh, also, in goalkeeping news, we've signed a player called Chris Kettings. You might not have heard of him. Um, he's at 21 years old. He's a Scotland under 21 international. No jokes about Scottish keepers, please. But, oh, um, I was just about to. Oh yeah, God, I know. Eat me. Um, But uh, he's someone who, um, who was at Man City as a youth player uh, at about the age, of, I think he was the age of 14, moved to Blackpool's youth team. Um, and signed a professional for them in 2011, where he would have worked with uh, Palace coach George Wood. Um, obviously, we've got a, a vacancy in the fact that Alexander's gone, and I suspect expect Lewis Price will be off to get some first-team football somewhere. Um, so, you know, with Hennessy and Spironi, we need, a, we need a third. And we also need competition for David Gregory. Now we've released Ross Fitzsimmons and Tom King um, as okay. you as well. Those two have gone. So it's only David Gregory now as the... Um, as the young keeper, so Kettings has come in a bit more experienced than Gregory. Gregory's eighteen, I think. Kettings twenty-one. So there you go. He'll be um, he'll be fighting for the under twenty-one jersey with um, with Gregory, and um, yeah, there you go. And also acting as Paris's third choice by the. How much of that was uh, George Wood really influence? Do we know? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's obviously gonna, he's going to come up. as a recommendation from Wood. Um, uh, there was a comment from George Wood actually on on the official site, but I haven't had the four. Uh, yeah. You know, well, didn't, the decency to have a look. Yeah, I, I did read it but I haven't remembered it. I mean that's the problem really. So Well I, I could, uh Chris? Yeah, go on. I did I did listen to the
3: interview on Paz Player by oh, yeah? Keddings and, and he mentioned that he's known George Ward since he was like eighteen when he got to Blackpool and he's a big influence on his career so far, yeah. so I think that's probably why we signed him. Yeah,
2: there you go. Um from from his Wikipedia entry he seems he's six foot four. We know Purist likes a nice tall keeper. You got Hennessy's six seven, I think, so um so there you go. That's you know, building for the future, but um, yeah, at 21. You've got to imagine he can do a job if, if the worst happens and we lose a couple of keepers uh, to injury or suspension or something. So there you go. It's a first signing of the summer for us, if uh, you don't count re-signing players. Um, talking of um, summer transfers, K G's gone to Cardiff. No, that's KG awful. K G is gone to. It's three-year deal at Cardiff. Uh, just I believe it's it's out there in the public domain that um. We, we offered KG a new deal, but on the same wages he's currently, he was on last year, which you've got to imagine is championship sort of level wages. Uh, and coincidentally, he was offered double his money at Cardiff Ooh. for three years. Um, Pulis has said he's disappointed to lose him, but, you know, obviously if we wanted to keep him that much, I guess we'd have offered him a bit more money, a bit of a longer deal. So um, let's, let's get your opinions. Patrick, is he a, is he a loss?
3: You, you, I don't know if you remember. I, I feel I, I love KG. Um, I think he does a job that no one else on the team does as well, and I think it's very important to where Jedi plays. So hopefully, I'm wrong, but um, I think we're going to miss him quite a bit. I've always been a big KG supporter.
2: Joe? Uh, no,
4: nah. not for me. <laughs> I, think we, I think he's uh, yeah, he's effective at what he does, but <clears throat> for me, he doesn't offer the, the attacking intent. Um, that you need in the premiership, you know. We've got, we got loads of old players,
3: we
2: okay. can, yeah. Maybe, uh, gets your boy, uh, Stuart O'Keefe a little bit closer to the. There
3: team, yeah, right? you go, that's the reason yeah, why,
4: yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay? yeah, but it is, yeah, but it is because I, I, I would, he, he seems to have stagnated, he seems very comfortable, you know, and, and and he and he doesn't listen. We are obviously the stats, and I, I don't, I'm not one for stats to be honest with you, but. The stats do say that when he plays in the side, we are a more successful side. Exactly. So next season is going to be, you know, whoever whoever fills his boots, has, has got to step up. But you know, I think we've got capable players, and I think we will have capable players coming in. So yeah. for me, you know, listen he's gone to the championship. He ain't gone. He ain't gone to another Premiership side. So exactly, it, it, it speaks I, a little volumes for me.
2: I think I think it's probably the best for both parties. Really, I don't. I think we. Quite happily, have kept him on, but I think he would have been moved more and more to the sidelines as a squad player. Uh, Pulis tellingly talked about keeping him fit um, uh, when he when he when he talked about him leaving and saying that Cardiff have got a really good play if they can keep him fit, and not just you know the whole ar- arguing over whether or not he's got a weight issue. There was also the um, you know the fact he had a re- recurring hamstring injury throughout the course of the season. Which, he had a,
4: he, he did look very big when he came back last
3: um, not he, last he season, did, yeah. season before.
2: It's weird, no. he looks in, in, in good shape for his summer break. He
3: did. But, um, yeah. <laughs> didn't he? Those pictures, he looked great yeah. with um, uh, those, mm. the boys yeah. when he was on
2: holiday. That's it, it's a shame he didn't get it the other way around. And anyway,
3: I'm <laughs> um... talking about players looking
4: great. My mate Neville, who's, um, who was Johnny Williams' host for five years, Johnny yeah. Williams' living for five years, he showed me a photo of of, uh, of JW uh, on the beach the other day, and I'm his telling girlfriend. you now, his girlfriend sent a photo, and then he said oh, okay. it. it's my mate Neville. And uh, let me tell you, in fact, it's in the public domain. He's getting himself a job modelling. (laughs) He is Uh, unbelievably fit at the moment. He has got a six-pack like you've never seen.
2: Yeah, I mean, Joe's gone a little homoerotic, so I'm going to quickly talk to Nick. Um, Nick, um, on KG, uh, have we already got a replacement in Joe Ledley? We have, and it
5: also frees up a midfield place for John Yester, if, and I'll move us to the last point in your little... um, your little show doc there, um, but um, it does free up that midfield space for, for John Yester to come in. Because, you know, police has said that he wants John Yester to, to prove to him that he is a premiership player, and I think police wants John Yester su- to succeed. It's interesting, you know, uh, how much, just going back to KG, all this palaver with Cardiff, you know, now they've signed a player office, will they shut up?
2: yeah yeah it might be nice yeah um very very quickly got to wrap this all up um so i'm going to give you this in the form of news and then we'll have a little chat about one of the last things i want to talk about as well so in the form of news there is to be a new palace superstore and ticket office um i saw it; someone leaked it onto the bbs well i say leaked it's it's in the planning applications government website or wherever it is so um no. Uh, yeah, they're basically taking away sort of those old portal cabins that used to act as a ticket collection in the car park, and they're building a well. If they get permission, which they should do, they are putting a, a brand new two-level structure in there. That's, wow! I've heard it was uh, Anne Summers, and they're going to be our new
0: sponsors next
2: year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, um, I won't answer that. So just we'll leave we'll leave the jeopardy in there. But given that you said it and we laughed, that probably is true. I'm just trying to move away from the homoeroticism and get it to uh, a
5: few heterosexuals. Yeah,
2: you've done done really well there.
5: We'll get a new
4: player out of it. It's um, a strap-a-dick to me.
2: Brilliant. (laughs) Um, In terms of transfers, other than than kettings, we've not uh, signed anyone, just ignoring that. And... um, (laughs) We have been linked with the likes of Joel Campbell, uh, Steve Parrish mentioned that we've uh, been looking at him, as I mentioned earlier, um, Amathit Fotano wherever his name is, from West Brom. And I've really done well here. <laughs> 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 who used to play for Everton, has also been heavily linked. But no uh, no signings as yet, although obviously we know how it works. Work is well underway on those. I'm sure we'll be hearing things in the very near future. Um, Johnny Esther was mentioned. Obviously the upsetting things that have been in the press have been comments from... His agent, former Palace useless striker Jamie Morley. Um, <laughs> useless indeed. <laughs> uh, he's, he's been talking about um, obviously trying to either manoeuvring for this move for, for Williams or indeed trying to manoeuvre some sort of guarantees about football from Tony Pulis. Obviously it's not going to happen. So, and then deal. Coleman suggested Swansea would be a good move for him and all this sort of rubbish. And Tony Pulis just come out and said, look, he's up to Williams to earn his place, to win his place in the first team lineup. He's contracted to Palace as it stands. There you uh, go. A, a deal might get done. A deal might not get done. We might lose Johnny. We might not. So, but whatever happens, um, he'll it, get in the side. If he convinces Tony Pulis, he's worthy of it. And, um, that's pretty much all there is to it. Uh, so, um, uh, you want to mention the Palace USA tour?
3: Yes, 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 yes. Um, I'll be going to the game uh, in Philadelphia and in Richmond. Looking forward to it with my son. And it's going to be a bunch of. They're going to actually do Palace sections at both stadiums, which will be brilliant. And we're going to do a little uh, pre-game stuff with some fans that come over from England and some a lot of fans over here. So it's going to be a lot
2: of fun. Looking forward to it. Mm, brilliant. It well, we might. We might. And well I've back it. on it. Yeah, we might well ask you to record some stuff for us. That? do live commentary oh. for us. I don't know. Live from um, Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, well, you know, you could... We we had it before. We had um. I don't even remember in the very very early days. We had uh, Ross and Ryan who did a little bit from Oz recorded for us.
3: Do you know? Um, what? I so, might
2: I might I might do that. That might be fun because yeah. there can
3: be quite bo- there be quite a few Palace fans there, so it should be a, a lot of a lot of interest there. So it's gonna, I'm looking yeah. forward
2: to it. I'll tell you what. We'll um we'll have a chat about that afterwards, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, that. we're recording. our chat about it. But let's um yeah, let's, let's talk about if that. you could,
5: if you could rewrite the lyrics to On the Streets of Philadelphia as well. I can get you the karaoke track. <laughs> <Okay. 'cause>, uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I'm
3: not a very good singer, Nick, sorry.
5: Neither
2: um, am I, it doesn't stop me. It really should, it really, really should stop you. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll, we'll be back uh, around probably quarterfinal time to review the games and talk about any Palace-related news that has cropped up since then. But until that moment, uh, well, we're going to end the show with uh, my review of uh, the remaining groups which is groups e to h and um and after that we're going to go so we'll say goodbye now um say everyone say bye everyone bye, bye everyone bye everyone you've never seen anything like this. group e at the time of recording we've seen just one game each in group e the french sit at the top of the table following a three nil win against 10 man honduras A game perhaps more memorable for showcasing the commentating talents of Jonathan Pearce after he had seemingly dined exclusively on magic mushrooms for several weeks leading up to the game. The meltdown was caused by the award of a goal from Benzema, a strike that hit the post. Goal line technology proved impressively useful in reaching the right decision, showing that the initial shot did not cross the line, but the goalkeeper did in fact carry the ball over it afterwards. Poor Mr Pearce seemingly could not cope with this information. And his commentary style afterwards was alarmingly reminiscent of when he used to commentate on BBC2's Robot Wars. I'm fairly sure he mistook midfielder Paul Pogba for the house robots to kill a lot at one stage. Apologies for the niche Robot Wars joke, that one's just for me. In the other group game, two talented and well-organised sides, Switzerland and Ecuador, took to the field to produce an engaging contest. Ecuador took an early lead as the Valencia, who isn't that Valencia, but does play with that Valencia and even started the same youth side as him. Uh, the, mm. Scored. <laughs> I missed the word scored out. Anyway, the Swiss's quality showed in the end as uh, first Mehemedi equalised uh, just after half time and three minutes into intertrial, real drama as substitute Harris Seferovic scored with a near enough the last kick of the game. Heartbreaking for Ecuador, but the group remains relatively open. Group F. <laughs> Group F has seen two games at the polar opposite ends of what constitutes entertainment. Argentina emerged as 2-1 victors against Bosnia and Herzegovina. Spells of superb football from the Argentinians were punctuated with pace, drive and energy from the Bosnians, who worried their illustrious counterparts and considered themselves very, very unlucky to lose the game. Lionel Messi's goal, however, was sublime and and a fitting way to win any match. The little magician has not had a big impact on the international stage before, but this looks like it will be his tournament. Argentina will be very hard to stop. Elsewhere in the group, Nigeria and Iran met. It was 0-0. If Bosnia and Argentina aren't the two qualifiers from this group, much is wrong. Group G Group G has seen two good games so far. Everyone knows that once a tournament comes along, the Germans will be right in there. Portuguese defensive lunatic Pepe saw red once more, and that left the door open for a deeply frustrating night for Cristiano Ronaldo's side, as he appeared to be in tears at times. Few would have predicted 4-0 before the game, and these two sides must still surely remain favourites to progress. In the other group game, a talented Ghana side were beaten by a USA side, mixing youth and experience with good organisation. The Americans were reminiscent of Palace in the sense that they waited long periods, seeing little of the ball, but resilient in defence and dangerous on the break. An incredibly early goal from Clint Dempsey saw them leading only for a heroic effort to see seemingly fall short in the 82nd minute, but John Brooks's header, which seemed to shock him more than anyone else, meant the USA finished as 2-1 victors, gloriously vindicating their selections as my wildcard team which is good seeing as my main tip, Portugal hadn't quite lived up to expectations. With two games each to go, you'll have to assume Germany will go through, having won their toughest game, but second place will likely go right down to the wire. <laughs> group H. Finally, we, we, we reach the last group, and a fascinating group it is. The Belgians lead it, having beaten Algeria 2-1, but those watching the game will point out just how lucky the Belgians were to get anything, let alone a win against a very good Algerian side. In the other match so far, Fabio Capello's Russia took on South Korea in a match that was a real throwback. Capello's Russia played like the stereotypical Italy of old, trying to win the game 1-0 and stifle their opponent. South Korea played with the skill and verve last seen in their 2002 campaign, but with a degree of naivety that nearly cost them. This game turned on an awful moment from Russian keeper Igor Akinfiev. Both keepers have struggled to hold the ball all game, but poor old Igor just fumbled a nothing shot into the back of his net under no real pressure. It put me in mind of the sort of moment where you're playing football as a kid with a bunch of mates, and one of them then puts his younger sister in goal. Her eyes close and the ball hits her hands in front of her face and bobble into the goal. Hilarious and awful in equal measure. You'd fancy the remaining two games genuinely could be one of any of the sides, so Group H has the distinction of being the most open group left.